let's get ready to study God's Word. to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study today. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of your word. We thank you for prayer, Bible study, opportunity to share this with others. And we ask for your Holy Spirit that you'll give us wisdom and understanding that as we speak and others hear, that it will be to your name's honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, Enemies from Within. Enemies from Within. Our passage for this study comes to us from Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36. And it says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. When I look at current events and I look at prophecy, I realize that there are things happening that I didn't properly understand before. And I've said that. In previous podcasts, as prophecy unfolds, some of the details can be astounding. Whereas when we're given prophecy, we're given it at a high level. So we understand the major milestones. The unfolding of that prophecy in real time can still have surprising elements. Jesus said a lot of things during his ministry that I think we overlook, or I think that we believe we understand them at a certain level, and so we don't dig into them to make sure that there's nothing hidden in there that wouldn't be important for us to understand. In the passage quoted in Matthew 10, 34 through 36, he talks about the fact that his mission is not to bring peace on the earth. That I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And the reason for that is because he's here on a mission within the great controversy to show the true character of God, to live a, a perfect life as an example for us, to come and die in our place. And provide us not only with salvation from sin, 
in terms of sins that are past, but the power to live like he lived, right? So he has this multifaceted mission that he comes to earth to execute. And because of that mission, because he is here to oppose Satan and his agents, everyone who interacts with him is going to have to choose which side they're on, and they will automatically become enemies of people who have chosen the other side. Right? So Christianity, in one sense, is a peaceful religion. But Christianity will set you in opposition to people who have chosen the opposite. Right? So even if, even if Christ didn't come on earth to make us fight other people, when we accept him, people who have not accepted him or have rejected him, more precisely, will be opposed to us. But that last sentence, and a man's foe shall be they of his own household. In the verse, in the passage quoted, he lists people that are clearly in your family. A man against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law, right? So extend the, the family bounds just a little bit. But we should understand that household can be broader than that, right? Your little community of friends can fall into that. As soon as we see mother-in-law and daughter-in-law there, we understand that it can extend a little beyond just your biological nuclear family. And I understood this passage, or I believed that I understood this passage for a long time. I've done a podcast on a part of that passage earlier. But as I look around now at end-time events as they are unfolding, and as all of the chaos in the social realm, all of the chaos in, within government, as we see these things unfolding, I'm recognizing that we are seeing fights and conflicts between people who are close, not just people who are far. Okay? I'll give you an example. The conflict in the Ukraine between the Russians and the Ukrainians they aren't exactly the same people, but they're close. They have a long history together in that region. And these are not distant people. This is not the British against the Indian. This is not the American against the African, the European against the African. It isn't that kind of conflict. These, these folks are closer in their relation. This is like when you read in the Bible and you see Israel, the northern tribe, fighting the southern tribe, Judah. Right? Or even when you see the Edomites fighting the Israelites. They're brethren. You go back, a, you go back some generations and, and they are closely related. This is, these are folks of the household of, of, of um, Isaac, 
right? Esau and Jacob. And right now, what I recognize is that in all of the, in the, in the past five, six years, in the past five or six years, there has been a lot of turmoil in families due to American politics. I don't know what it's like in other countries. I haven't really heard similar statements. I'm not saying they haven't happened. I haven't seen or heard them. But in American society, North American society, more precisely United States of America, I have heard from many people personally and you know, one or two steps removed. People I know closely or people I've only seen or interacted with within the social media realm, they have acknowledged that they are at odds or their family is at odds with them over politics, over political ideology, or over ideology that has been magnified by politics. A man's foes shall be there of his own household. So we have people today, I know people personally, and I've seen lots of people and spoken to them directly, who are no longer speaking to a brother or a sister or a parent or large groups, cousins and uncles, right? Not necessarily just one or two people, sometimes whole sections of the family have embraced a particular perspective. And now that ideology and the person's ideology are not in harmony. And so they are at enmity. And it's quite interesting, even though Christ said this so long ago, 2,000 years ago, and even though I have understood that this dynamic would play a role in end-time events, the degree to which this has become a problem, even outside of strictly religious circles, has actually been astounding to me. And it goes to show that we don't properly understand how end-time events are going to play out. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I should stop speaking for everyone in that regard. Here we have people who had a bond together, family bond, familial ties, friendships. And now, because of some things that have been exposed to them about the other person's views and thinking and and, um, approach to life, they're not on the same page anymore. And I'm seeing that happen to people in church and out of church. Now, admittedly, so far, more people outside church than inside. Okay? But we're not talking 80-20. We're talking 60-40, right? The percentage of people that I see that happen to not be particularly religious seems to be about 60% of the people 
that I've seen who come from a non-religious background or a, a um, not secular outright, but certainly it's not a religious community type of a thing versus people who are, you know, embedded in the church and the people that they're at odds with are also in the church. A man's foe shall be there of his own household. These are signs of the end time. And growing up, understanding that certain things were supposed to happen before the end would come, there's certain things I didn't see. Now, I don't believe that I ever disbelieved the scripture because of that. I just had to acknowledge that I didn't see it yet. Right? I looked around and I didn't see that particular thing. It didn't cause me to doubt. I just had to acknowledge that I didn't see an example of it. But now that I see the example of it, what it leads me to understand and appreciate is that all those other things that I also don't see an example of yet are going to be manifested. And that might seem like an obvious conclusion, but... I think that sometimes we take for granted that scripture will just work itself out, right? We expect that, okay, all the high-level things will happen, and we'll be able to talk through these smaller details. I don't think we appreciate that the degree to which God decides to get down in the weeds when he explains something is the degree to which you'll see it happen, right? It is going to be manifest with the level of specificity that God outlines. And so we're at that place where families are no longer intact, where there's division inside churches over political ideology, where there's division inside neighborhoods that might be close-knit in other ways, but now because of political or social ideology. Enemies are being generated. And Jesus told us that this would be a natural outcome of the gospel. This is even happening without the gospel yet coming into play fully, right? Some of the ideological differences people have actually have some foundation in scripture too, right? But I don't believe that Jesus gave this statement with relation to incidental gospel interaction. Meaning, it's not just us arguing about a topic in a secular realm that also has some significance if you were paying attention to it in the spiritual. This problem that we're starting to see occur because of politics or other social um, ideological frameworks is going to be much more magnified when the gospel comes into play, when people wake up and start to share the good news of the gospel in a particular light as it pertains to how we behave, how we interact, how we speak, dress, eat, as the gospel begins to be outlined more clearly, the divisions will become more stark. What this means is 
that we have to have a greater appreciation for friendships that are rooted in the Word of God and uh, an understanding of the gospel, a similar understanding of the gospel. That's one, right? So the family of God, the family of believers becomes even more important in terms of everyone who believes harmoniously. The next thing that we have to appreciate about this is that we have to put our faith and our trust in God at the end of the day. It can't be about anyone else because today someone can be your friend and tomorrow as you express a viewpoint or perspective and they realize that y'all are not in harmony, that could change. And I'm not trying to give the impression that people are fickle, but people are in fact fickle, right? And to include us, we have to be careful that we aren't the ones that flip on someone simply because what they said is not what we expected them to say or do. It was different, right? Enemies from within. This shouldn't surprise us at all, because where did conflict begin? In heaven, the covering cherub. Lucifer, the covering cherub, switched his allegiance. And next thing you know, there's war in heaven. And then on earth, what do we have? Cain kills his brother Abel because Cain wants to go down a certain path and Abel is trying to restrain him. Enemies from within. The key takeaways for me, as I look at how this has played out, as I look at what I am writing here and discussing here, the key takeaways for me are we really need to trust God's word. And by that, I mean, believe what Jesus said. Believe what Jesus said. Don't be surprised when what he says comes to pass. Believe that he means what he says. And also, be prepared. Don't take it for granted that you understand everything. Be willing to go over everything that you see and read and ask God to reveal to you when things seem somewhat superficial or you just don't get it, you you know, and you say, okay, I get what he's saying. I get it in general. I, I see what he means in a generic sense. No, these things are intended for us to understand to the depth that it is provided to us, right? We shouldn't be reading deep things and then coming away with just an overview of it. We should read and understand to the same degree that details are given. And if we don't, we should open our hearts and our minds to recognize that there's more to it than that. We have to lean on God because that's the only safe choice. I'm not telling you to become suspicious and skeptical of your friends, relatives, neighbors. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying don't get overly surprised if in fact your adherence to the gospel and the gospel messages causes people to separate from you, even if they had grown up similar understanding as you or expressed similarity of understanding. Just recognize, just recognize that as the gospel is manifest, as you begin to embrace the gospel, and allow God to transform you, 
people who he is also transforming, others that are allowing him to transform them, will be drawn toward you. And people who are not doing that for whatever reason will be repelled from you. Jesus said, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the enlightenment that you provide us in your word. We ask you to help us to believe what you have said, to read with understanding, discernment. Help us, Lord, to be prepared to serve you regardless of who is on our side or not, because you are always going to be on our side if we are aligned to you. And we can't trust, can't put our faith and our trust in anyone else. Please bless us, bless those that hear us. We pray that this ministry will do according to your will. And we pray, Lord, that you will save us in your kingdom at last. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and other spiritual topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.